All right. This week we are returning to technical topics. I know some of you have missed that. Um, and we are covering an interesting topic I'm going to call separations. There are key divisions that you want to separate concerns rather than to merge them. And uh, I'm going to lay them out over the next uh, four episodes. The first one is the separation between a control plane and a data plane, which is an emerging terminology. Everyone in big tech knows what that is, and everyone in the web development sphere or the smaller companies have never heard of it. Uh, and I think it's uh, pretty bizarre. I think there's also a separation between uh, what the service mesh guys call control plane versus data plane and what the open core, open source SaaS products companies, uh, which is the ones I work at, call the data plane versus the control plane. Um, but I think it's worth listening to both sides. I think it's there. there's some really relevant fields and relevant uh, ideas. Um, really, it's using networking to abstract away hard-coded connections between services when you need them to be separated uh, for scaling or load balancing or um, privacy or data transfer type uh, use case. So let's hear Steve Yegi, who is, as you know, one of my heroes. I think I did a series on him in October. Um, he, here's Steve Yegi talking about the service mesh interpretation of control and data planes. So let me tell you about service meshes, kind of like the terminology, just to get everybody up to speed, because I know some of you haven't looked at this space or haven't looked at it recently. You're going to hear two terms, control plane and data plane, bandied about a lot. And it's very confusing at first, okay? Because first of all, they are sort of poorly named. And second of all, there is actually a fair amount of overlap between the two in the, in the service offerings that we have today, all right? In the, in the tech stacks that we have available. So let me walk you through them, all right? So starting at the, uh, at the service level, so you have a bunch of services. Maybe they're on VMs. Maybe they're in Kubernetes, maybe they're in Nomad or Fargate or whatever, right? But you've got services, VMs or containers. And you want to have them communicate with each other, all right? Well, having rather than having them all communicate with each other, which obviously means you're going to have to build like service discovery logic into the service itself. So if I have a player service, uh, let's say I have a game server and it wants to go call the player service and say, is this player real? Okay, if so, give me their, give me their information, give me their credentials, okay? Typical service to service, uh, you know, function call, RPC. All right, well, you could have the game server say, well, I'm gonna call the service registry service to see uh, where the player service lives and then I'll make a call to the player service, right? But now you're building that, I'm gonna call the service registry service which is this other service, right, that you would have to build or whatever, or use etcd like Grab did or whatever. Uh, and then it has to call and get the address of the player service, and then, and then it makes the call. And it's like you've built routing logic and discovery logic into your actual application logic, which you do not want. You do not want that, okay? So uh, uh, almost immediately, people started moving to proxies. You have a proxy that's your local proxy. They call it a sidecar proxy in Kubernetes land because it actually runs in your little cluster as another service along, alongside all of your other services. And it handles all network uh, ingress and, and egress uh, for you. So you, uh, the idea is that your application only knows about the sidecar proxy, right? So to your application, the proxy is the outside world. If, if you, you know, it knows about the service locations and it also knows about circuit breakers and traffic splitting and load balancing and scaling and everything else that we'll talk about in, in a bit. 
and that proxy becomes the thing that other people use to talk to your service as well, because your service may be a cluster, right? And so people, if people want to send something to the player service and there's a bunch of instances of it, your proxy is the one to choose which one. Maybe it, maybe it interacts with an external load balancer or maybe it does the load balancing itself. The proxy does, okay, by doing the health checks on its local uh, service instances, yeah? Does this model make sense? So as, as soon as you get this basic model of the, the, of the sidecar proxy, you've got a, a helper service that goes along with every cluster, and it knows about the, the services in that cluster, and it knows about the outside world. And your cluster talks to the outside world through the proxy, and the outside world talks to your cluster through the proxy. Okay, you can use Nginx for that, and that's what Dropbox was doing, right? But these days, people always, almost always use Envoy or Linkerd. There are a couple of other options in addition to those and, and Nginx, but I mean, those are the really popular ones, okay? Envoy is the, the super industrial strength, does everything, Swiss Army knife, amazing data plane, okay? By the way, those sidecar proxies, I'm gonna introduce you now to the, to, the, to the second term you hear, data plane, the other one being control plane. Data planes is just all of your sidecar proxies in aggregate, because if, if you've got a whole bunch of clusters, right, uh, or even a whole bunch of services, and you want proxies for each of them, then that mesh of proxies that are all talking to each other to, to work out the service discovery and the routing and everything on behalf of the application services. Now you've extracted all of that, you know, who who's talking to who, what, where, and how much, and, and all that. You've extracted it into your sidecar proxies. That's your data plane. It's because the network data is going through that. And I think it's a terrible name. It should have been called the network plane or the uh, proxy plane. Proxy plane would have been an absolutely great name for it, right? Proxy plane. But no, they call it data plane. So it's completely confusing because you'd think the data plane would be either your application logic or it would be the data layer behind your application logic, but no. So stupid name, really stupid shame on whoever chose that name, really. You just, you did a huge disservice to the industry. So if you're patting yourself on the back because you came up with the name data plane, like seriously, like punch yourself in the mouth, okay? It's just, it was a bad name. Naming, you know, naming stuff matters, man. You don't want to confuse everybody for the rest of their lives. Whatever. But the, the name is stuck, and the name is the name now. And in fact, there are, uh, well, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but there are even becoming universal standards now for data plane uh, interfaces. So the data plane, I mean, like, you're just going to have to learn what data plane means. It means it's the proxy layer, okay? The proxies that can uh, can load balance and they can they, they, they handle the network for you. It's software load balancing. They actually, in Envoy, they actually communicate through a protocol called a gossip protocol, which is a family of protocols where, that are sort of like UDP multicast where everybody just kind of like spits out the state and consumes the state and it sort of floods the network and it's eventually consistent. So that's one thing to know about Envoy is they chose an eventually consistent model. If you'll recall, I said that etcd and technologies like it, like um, Google's Chubby or uh, uh, Zookeeper or uh, even HashiCorp Console, they're all um, they're all key value stores that are um, transactional, highly available, and strongly consistent. Okay, uh, and that actually makes them uh, sort of a pain to operate. Uh, in practice, all, all of the ones that I just mentioned. Chubby is an interesting one. Google's Chubby. It was probably the, the first. Uh, Mike Burroughs, I think, uh, did Chubby. And if you haven't heard the name Mike Burroughs, 
uh, you, you really should know his name because you know he's easily one of the, the, the people who've had ten people who've had the most impact at Google, right? Uh, he's you know I don't know he's a DE or whatever, and uh, and he he came up with Chubby as far as I know among other things, and Chubby is. Um, Chubby is distinguished as uh, having something like seven nines of availability. It was down for 30 seconds in 10 years, something like that. So, um, so yeah, and it's because Google has a core competency of operating Chubby at scale, right? Because it's the, it's the central you know, key value service for service uh, discovery and information exchange for all of Google, right? So Chubby could cause global outages. So seven nines of availability there, it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, you're not going to get seven nines of availability out of your etcd cluster, I'll tell you that. I think that I might have been talking into the back of my microphone this whole time as part of my um, my new setup. Uh, so that's that's kind of a bummer. I hope I hope that I wasn't and it just rolled over. My goodness. Um, all right, so yeah, this is still work in progress. Apologies, folks. Okay, so we were talking about data planes. You guys, I think, understand now why data planes exist. Data planes exist to abstract away the network and the service topology and security groups and circuit breaking and all of the other things that are stacked up on top of communication. The service proxies also handle a lot of heavy lifting of you know, managing TCP proxying, they can do UDP, TCP, HTTP, HTTP2, HTTP3, they can do gRPC, they can do all sorts of protocols. Envoy has filter chains where you can implement a lot of these things. Uh, it's very, very, very powerful. Envoy is, Envoy, look, everybody agrees that Envoy is like the data plane to use, with one exception, which is if you are using Kubernetes, my understanding is that Linkerd is custom fit, uh, has more or less the same protocol, much fewer features, but it's also it's much higher performance and I think easier to operate. So some people use Linkerd and the control planes, which are basically just the configuration store. So it should really be called the configuration plane, but whatever. The control planes for these service meshes usually can use Envoy or Linkerd. Okay, but uh, if not, if they only have one that they support, it's usually Envoy because it does everything. All right. Okay, let's build on what we've learned so far. All right, we've learned about data planes. We've learned that they do a lot of stuff. Envoy, you know, out of the box does L7 load balancing and it does L3, L4. Uh, and they also do, so what else does Envoy do for you? So you can just use Envoy. And by the way, I started by talking about Dropbox. Dropbox's article, remember, is they, they moved their data plane from Nginx to Envoy. And you can build an entire service mesh of your own on top of Envoy, although you're pro probably gonna need something like etcd, right, or Zookeeper, depending on how you've set it up. But, uh, but you, don't absolutely, you absolutely don't have to have it. If you think about it, etcd is a little confusing because, um, I mean, depending on your needs, right, like it might be okay. Envoy is eventually consistent, right? And etcd and all these other Paxos-based key value stores are strongly consistent, right? So w which one do you need, right? Well, Envoy argues that, A, it's service discovery. It's okay for it to be eventually consistent. Meaning, look, if we accidentally route somebody to a service that's going down and they wind up getting an error and have to retry, as long as it's it's, it's a tail case and it doesn't happen very often, then uh, it's probably okay because of retries, right? 
And so Envoy, you know, pushes some of that, that retry logic that you, you don't need in a strongly consistent system, where as long as etcd is up, you're going to get uh, an accurate, up-to-date service instance, right? But I mean, Envoy takes the approach that it's like, well, what if you call etcd or Zookeeper, and you get yourself a service instance, and then it immediately dies, right? Like, strongly consistent doesn't necessarily mean that the service is going to be available for the duration of your call to it. So why not go with eventual consistency, which dramatically simplifies things and speed things up? And it's an interesting, I don't know, it's an interesting take. I mean, everything that I've seen built on top of it winds up using strong consistency. So I don't, I don't know who's right here, but it's, it's an interesting thing to know, right, is that Envoy is, is generally tuned for eventual consistency in that gossip protocol. Envoy is written in C++. I believe it was created by Lyft. Uh, Envoy is, is its own thing now. It, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a huge, huge system with a massive community contributing to it. And it really does everything. It also does things like, so it does load balancing, like, like I said, and it does traffic splitting, and it does uh, you know, filter chains. The filter chains are amazingly powerful and can do all sorts of um, important stuff like um, you know, calling your cert authority to you know, validate SSL certs and um, transfer between protocols and, and all sorts of stuff. Well, hell, let me pull up the list. Yeah, gRPC proxying. Uh, it can do health checks. It can do stage rollouts. That's why I looked over here. I thought it could do red, blue, or stage rollouts with traffic splitting, percentage-based traffic splitting. What's that for? Like, are all these words, do, I, do you guys know what all these things are? You, you know what load burnt balancing and dynamic service discovery and auto-scaling are. TLS is the new SSL, and TLS termination is, you know, you have to do it somewhere to, to actually integrate with the, the cert authority and whatnot. So you can do all that in the proxy. Circuit breaking is a relatively new concept where you rather than overloading a service causing its performance to degrade and all sorts of alarms going off and uh, potentially scary uh, things happening like data corruption or whatever, with circuit breaking, you basically configure the circuit breaker to say, I'm not going to take more than n QPS, and then I'm just going to like open the circuit, and we're just going to stop, stop sending stuff through, right? And so you get an immediate alarm, and of course, a cascade of circuit breakers upstream, and, and, and they can be a little tricky to manage, especially since in a lot of situations, the client of the service, the person calling the service is expected to configure the circuit breaker, and they don't really know, have the information to configure it properly. So circuit breaking is a bit of an art, to say the least, but it does seem to be preferable to not circuit breaking, which just allows services, is, is an arrangement where services will just fail arbitrarily under heavy enough load. You definitely don't want that. Okay, So Envoy can handle circuit breaking. It can handle fault injection so that you can do things like chaos testing and what is it, Netflix's chaos monkey, right? You can actually do that in the proxy plane. The proxy plane. You know, if I start calling it the proxy plane, will you and you guys start calling it the proxy plane, maybe we'll actually be able to like eventually kill the term data plane for the proxy plane. Whatever. Can't have it all, I guess. So, and it'll also do logging, access logging, you know, all the things you expect out of things like Nginx. Um, so it's, you know, it really is a pretty, uh, pretty robust mesh on its own, Envoy is. Envoy is really cool. And Linkerd does some of that. But as you can, as you can imagine, like you, you know, you, sure, load balancing, you know, some of these things, you know, protocol transformations, filter chains, things like that, those make sense in the proxy, right, maybe. 
But if your proxy is only for Kubernetes uh, and not for Redis, then obviously Linkerd doesn't need all that stuff, right? Linkerd probably has you know access logging and observability and and, and maybe maybe uh, TLS maybe TLS termination, but uh, uh, it doesn't have a lot of the features of Envoy. But it performs much much better. It's a much much smaller binary, and so it's it's fairly bespoke for Kubernetes. Again, it's also a very good piece of technology. And there are some other ones out there, but honestly, like if you're a CIO or CTO or just a team lead, even, and you just want to like, um, you want to decide that you're gonna, uh, as a team lead, you probably shouldn't be making this decision. You should, you know, your your company, your organization should not use like multiple service meshes and multiple data planes and so on. You should really probably try to standardize on one. But if you're a team lead who's responsible for maybe proving one out before you roll it out more broadly to the rest of the company, then sure, you can make this decision too. So I'm telling you, unless you're like a Kubernetes-only shop and you're, you know, you're basically being backed into using Linkerd by the stack on top of it. Use Envoy. Like that's that's just it's a it's a no brainer. Envoy has basically replaced all of the other like proxy technology out there. There's no reason to use anything other than Envoy, unless again you really really need a very lightweight, high performance Kubernetes only installation, and then you can use Linkerd. All right, Linkerd plus whatever things that you're going to need to use because they're not in Linkerd. So you with me so far? So everybody agrees that Envoy is the cat's meow. Everybody does. Envoy is it. Okay? And the and the 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 guy that invented Envoy, I'm sorry I forgot your name, man, but amazing job. But I I read his his blog posts periodically and his his updates and he he talks about, you know, the decision process, you know, for how Envoy started and, and how it evolved. And he talks about other data planes and the fact that they really all ought to be pluggable and they shouldn't all just assume Envoy. And so he has been driving, along with some others, uh, a universal data plane interface or API, um, UDP, it's called, I think it's UDP, universal data plane, which has an unfortunate coll collision with UDP, but whatever. So again, he's probably the guy that came up with another reason not to call it the data plane, folks. It could be called UPP if it was the universal proxy plane. And believe me, everybody wants UPP instead of UDP because uh, all the collisions and names here. All right, universal data planes, data planes, proxies. We went through the list of all the things Envoy does. Look, if you're a CTO, CIO, or a team lead trying to prove something out, absolutely you're gonna wanna use Envoy. And if you don't believe me, believe uh, all the service meshes because most of them use Envoy under the covers as their data plane. Console has Envoy integration. I don't think it requires Envoy, but since so many people use Envoy, Console happily integrates with it, okay? Istio uses Envoy and it's not pluggable. It just assumes Envoy, all right? And there were a couple of others, maybe Kong. I think Kong's service mesh may be built on Envoy as well, but don't quote me on that. Yeah, I double checked and Kong, in fact, is deeply committed to the success of Envoy. And so even Kong, which is also a fantastic offering that we'll talk about in a little bit, all right, that was the clip. <laughs> he does go on to talk a little bit more about service meshes, if you're interested. Every single one of those technologies that he mentions is not niche. It is actually fairly widespread and popular. And if you're interested in boning up on these, um, I do recommend at least checking out some of those names that he dropped and checking out his podcast, even though it's uh, currently on hiatus, but the backlog's really good.